Hello, hello. You're listening to professional matchmaker Jazz Turner, and this is Dating Done Right with Jazz. Now, for my single ladies who are almost ready to give up on dating because you're just not meeting quality men, I actually have a free training for you that will show you how to attract men who will match your ambition, match your intelligence, and match your loyalty. All you have to do is head over to attractandalpha.com to get that free training. Again, it's at attractandalpha.com to get that free training. Now, back to Dating Done Right with Jazz. All right. Well, today we have Miss Yanni Brown on the podcast today. You probably have already heard of her because she is all over the country as an amazing expert on relationships and intimacy, but she's also an author, a blogger, and the founder of Making Love Better Together. So I want to welcome you, Yanni, to our episode today. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I have been thinking about doing a podcast for a while, but I knew I had to have you on as soon as I decided to do one because I don't know if you remember this, but one of the things that the listeners might not know is we both for a while have been in Chicago. I knew of you from being on Iyanla's show. And a lot of people might know Yanni from being on Iyanla Manzan's show, Iyanla Fix My Life where it had that very infamous line, not on my watch. (laughs) (laughs) My first exposure to you guys was from there. But then in Chicago, we would always be on these different panels and we'd be at different events. And I've always loved what you had to say when it came down to dating and relationships. But I don't know if you remember this. We were at a screening. Was it like last year sometime? Maybe the year before. It was the, the Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield movie. I saw you at the screening at the movies and we were getting food and I was like, wait, hey, Yanni, like, oh my gosh, you're glowing. You look so amazing. And you whispered to me and you were like, girl, good sex will do that to you. And I was like, what? Yes, (laughs) yes. It's funny and it's timely that we're coming out during this, I call it the revolution, because I want every woman to know that sex should be pleasurable and there's still all these stigmas, taboos, and, you know, let Mr. Do His Business type of thinking that we have when we start having conversations around sex, intimacy, making love and orgasms. And I'm like, I want women to know that that's part of your power and you should absolutely have that. It's so true, right? I'm going to get a little personal and tell some of my business on this podcast today. So it's so true that for so long we have treated sex and especially like, you know, the idea of good sex as being a man thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like. A lot of women are faking it. You know, I've definitely been a faker. (laughs) But like while I was preparing for this, because I was like, okay, I need Yanni to let the girls know how we can start having good sex, (laughs) the same good sex that has her glowing the way that it has her glowing. So I did some like research to see what's going on for most women when it comes down to sex. Like, are they enjoying sex? Are they coming? Are they having an orgasm? And I found a study on medicalnewstoday.com. And it was basically like an article that was sharing some information. And basically what it said was an analysis of 33 studies over 80 years found that during vaginal intercourse, just 25% of women consistently experience an orgasm. That's so Uh, horrible. I know. (laughs) I know. And then Half of women sometimes have orgasms, 20% seldom have orgasms, and then 5% never have orgasms. Is that what you've noticed as well with what you've been doing? Absolutely. And then there's, you know, the studies that are being done on sexless marriages where there are people that have steady partners that are married and they're not having sex in their marriages. So it's like, this is a travesty. Like, what is happening here? Oh, no. Okay, so... Why are people not having sex in their marriages, though? Because that is very common. I've heard that a lot. And we hear men complain about that a lot. It's a combination of things. It's that age old, I did what I needed to do to get them, and now I don't have to do those things anymore. You know, a lot of women are swinging from the chandeliers before saying I do, and then after they say I do, for some reason, they think that they're supposed to be Miss Sweet Polly purebred missionary position. And then life gets in the way. So you have the kids, the job the stress of the job, bills, now COVID-19. So you have all these stressors 
And if your sex is attached to your being and your emotions, you tend to say, okay, not tonight because I'm emotionally tied. Do you think it's because they're just not enjoying it then? Because like, if you enjoy sex, then you probably would want it as much as the men, right? I think it's the thinking behind it. We as women, we haven't been given permission, not that we need permission, but we haven't been given permission to fully enjoy every aspect of sex. You know, we do it with the lights off, we fake our orgasms, we make sure he has his, all these things that haven't been tapped into when I talk about pleasure. When I talk about pleasure in my workshops, it's like, okay, well, how do you define pleasure as a woman? And most people are not able to identify what pleases her as a woman. And it's like, okay, that's issue number one. And we're not taught, and most of us are with selfish lovers. So they're not interested in making sure that her G-spot is being tapped or that her P-spot are in the mix of things or, you know, they don't want to heat up the oven even, you know, for yeah. simple foreplay. Right. It's like get in, get out, get over it, get it done. And we unfortunately have been allowing this, you know, and I tell women all the time and men, you are only as good as your last lay. <laughs> No, what have you done for me lately? Did you make me come last time? <laughs> and so they go to the next relationship with that same nonsense. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, that really, really worked for you in your last relationship? Because nine times out of 10, unfortunately, she didn't say anything. She didn't say, wow, that was really whack or that just didn't cut it for me or I need you to do X, Y, and Z. So she goes to the next relationship disappointed already because, you know, she hasn't had her wig split back or her toes curled. And he goes with the same whack BS to the next thing. Like, well, I did this in the last relationship. And it's funny because if a woman goes back to her sexual history with a guy, Mm -hmm. you can almost pinpoint the entire routine based Mm -hmm. on his previous routine. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, for some of us, it's like I start with kissing her neck, then I rub her breast a little bit. Then we're into it. I got one leg up. Then I got two legs up. Then it's turn around, flip doggy style, smack her on the butt, and I'm done. And it's like, oh, wow. What about me? Right. There's that. <laughs> and also just knowing that like every woman is different. And since we're boosting men's egos, we're faking it. Clearly, a lot of women are faking it. I have been a faker. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. And I remember having a conversation with one of my girlfriends who's married. And at the time I was dating this guy, I was going through my Rihanna face because in her song, Rude Boy, she was like, she ain't faking it. So I was like going through my like, I ain't faking it no more. I remember dating this guy and he wasn't pleasing me. He also wouldn't follow instructions. So if I say, I like this or stay right there or do this, he would do it for a little bit and then he'd like switch it up. And I'm like, stay here with me, work with me here. And I remember telling her like, I don't want to date this guy anymore. And she's married. And she said, Jazz, sometimes you got to fake it. She was like, I'm a married woman and I don't want it sometimes. And I fake it. And I remember thinking like, am I about to be faking orgasms like the rest of my life? You know, in a relationship. And I think a lot of women expect that. So what do you think about that? I think that that's unfortunately true to some degree. But I think once you've been in a pleasurable experience, you will never go back to that again because pleasure is out there for that woman, for that man. And I think these are conversations that we definitely need to have outside of the bedroom. And I think it's conversations we need to have during the dating process. You know, a lot of women, we don't want to rock the boat, but I'm like, look, how often do you like sex? What type of sex do you like? What's the kinkiest thing you like to do? Not even what you've done, what you like to do. And we're not having those real conversations because that kind of lets you know in the door if that person is a pleaser or if that person is a taker. And you can kind of decide for yourself if you even want to lay down with that person knowing what you know based on the conversation. Exactly. It's interesting because like the first guy that made me orgasm was this guy I was in a relationship with years ago, but he wasn't the biggest guy or even the freakiest guy. He just was yeah. willing to uh, listen to yeah. me. And do what it takes to make sure that we both get there, which in my mind has convinced me that I actually prefer not small, but not huge. (laughs) Definitely not huge because, you know, the guy that I've been with that was huge, like did not know what to do with it. Whereas the guy that was smaller was the best sex I've ever had because he was the one who knew how to make me orgasm consistently. Mm -hmm. So the size matter. Size matters, but not as much as knowing what to do with the size that you have. 
And I think some of us are so close-minded when it comes to size because we think the bigger, the better. But that turns into a whole different analogy of what's happening with your uterus. Is your uterus being tilted? Is your head being banged up against the wall? Like, are you going to want to have walls sometime down the line? All those things factor into someone who's really well endowed. Not saying that they can't be because they can, but it's how are you using that? And a really good person who is a selfless lover is going to say, okay, I may be well endowed, but not every woman can handle that. So let me use what I have to my advantage as well as for her advantage. And then someone who's not as big, they're completely open to other ways of pleasing a woman. And that's the part that we need to get out of. It's like, okay, again, this routine, this thing that you've done in all of your previous relationships, that's not working in terms of blowing her mind and making love to her mind body, you know, the whole bit. And if they just step out of their comfort zones, then they can get into things like, oh, well, a toy might be something we can add to the relationship to enhance your orgasms. And most men are even closed-minded to that. I have a friend who he was married and the toy was the problem for him. And he was okay with it, but she was not enjoying it if the toy was not involved. And I think it really affected him in some way. I guess I can see how some men have an issue with the toy, but at the end of the day, you got to make sure that both parties are being pleased And in reality, right now, both parties are not being pleased. Like, we got to make sure women are having orgasms, right? One of the things you mentioned was the G-spot. A lot of women don't know where to find their G-spot, what it is. So please educate the ladies on the G-spot, how to locate it, everything we should know about the G-spot. And then also, what's more important, the G-spot or the clit? What can you tell us about that? I think, and this is funny because I do a toy consultation with women for this specific reason. Because most women don't know if they're vaginally stimulated or clitorally stimulated. I'm a clitorally stimulated girl. (laughs) Exactly. So if he's hitting it from the back, you may not have an orgasm. Unless he reach around. Unless he reaches around. (laughs) And most men don't know to reach around. So I talk about that. I'm I'm like, I'm like, do this. (laughs) Yes. And most women don't know to tell their men to do that because, again, they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to upset the balance of the flow of whatever it is that they're doing. So they'll let them finish and then go finish in the bathroom. But I always tell women or I suggest to women, find out if you're vaginally stimulated, clitorally stimulated, or both. In that case, that lets you know what better positions you have for you to do what it is that you're trying to do, the maximum orgasm that you're trying to achieve. If he has a hook and you are G-spot stimulated, then grabbing your ankles being bent over is a great position for things like that. Okay, Pop, we need this position information. So I want to make sure the ladies got that one. So you said if you're G-spot stimulated and he has a hook, she needs to grab her ankles from the back? No, no, no. Like bend over. Bend over. Okay. Yes. Oh, or, grab your ankles, or, bend over. Gotcha. I was yes. Like, or reverse cowgirl. Okay. So for G-spot stimulated women, getting it from the back or reverse cowgirl are the ideal positions. Yes. They're great positions for getting to the G-spot. He can also get to it missionary style as well, but he has to take his time because he needs to tap up and not just ram it in, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. I hope men listen to this particular part of the podcast because I don't think that information gets out there enough. I actually it, saw it doesn't. this video. <laughs> like they don't understand that just going in and out is like not necessarily going to hit the spot unless you are intentionally doing a little hip roll there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, you know, like you said, if you're clitorally stimulated, then depending on if you're doing a lovemaking session, then there's some friction there. So she can definitely get there that way. If there's not, then a vibrating cock ring works wonders because then you just want to turn it up towards the clitoral area. So while he's inside of you, he's staying harder longer and the cock ring is vibrating on her clitoris. So she's able to have multiple orgasms in that regard. I'm so vanilla when it comes to the toys. I don't even know what a cock ring is. It goes around the shaft of his penis and it's designed once he's erect to keep the blood flow in the shaft longer. Okay. And if you add a vibration to that while he's penetrating her, it's going to vibrate in that whole pelvic area. You know, the area that you have him to reach around. Yes. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) vibrate in that area and give her multiple orgasms. Girl, wait, pause. Where do we find the vibrating cock ring? 
Where can we find that? You can grab those on my website. We have several different ones. Uh, and then you can also book me for that consult that I was telling you about that we can go into, you know, depending on what your styles are, what you like, what you're into, then I would suggest items too that you can add to the bedroom based on what you're interested in. Because a lot of times people are buying products that they don't need or too are too powerful for what they're trying to achieve, if that makes sense. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you don't need the most powerful vibrator. Oh, you don't need the most powerful bullet. Maybe you don't need one at all. One of my things that I talk about in my workshops often, and it's in the new book, I talk about doing a scavenger hunt in the bedroom. Okay. What's a scavenger hunt in the bedroom? That is a great way to non-verbally understand what pleases your mate. It's you have ice, you have chocolate, you have whipped cream, whatever it is you choose to have on the side of the bed. And you can use these items, but the only time your partner that you're going on the scavenger hunt with can say anything is with a moan. So if you are not in a spot that she's aroused or that he's aroused, then there's no moaning. I love this. I absolutely love that idea because like you said earlier, people go into new relationships thinking they're going to please that person the same way they please the last person. Mm -hmm. And everyone's body is different. Before we go a little bit farther into that, because I want to learn more about the scavenger hunt, we talked about the positions that work well for the G-spot, for women who are stimulated by their G-spot. So for the girls who are stimulated by their clitoris, what positions do you think are better for us? I just got to make sure I get this part (laughs) for myself. No problem. If you're doing missionary, you want to make sure that there's some type of friction with the clitoris. If he's on top or if she's on top, just needs to make sure you have some type of clitoral friction there. And then you can also, like I said, add the vibrating cock ring, or he can do something as simple as the palm of his hand. If he takes the palm of his hand while he's penetrating her, and let's say there is no friction and he has like maybe a knee up, Mm -hmm. if he takes the palm of his hand and put it on the base of her pelvic bone, he doesn't have to touch the clitoral area at all. Just put it on the base of the pelvic bone and apply pressure. What? Really? Because you're going to gyrate accordingly. So that pressure you're going to feel, and if you use your Kegel muscles while he's inside of you, uh-huh. then of course you're going to feel that thrust in your pelvic bone, which is going to trickle down to the clitoral friction that you need. And before you know it, you're having an orgasm. Ooh, Lord. Okay, tell the extra vanilla ladies about the Kegel muscle. This is for the ladies who, you know, really knew. <laughs> tell them about the Kegel muscle. The Kegel muscles are your friend. It's your friend now, and it is definitely your friend later in life. Your Kegel muscles are, you know how you go to the washroom and you have to, let's say, cut it off abruptly or you have to hold it, or even when you're just holding your urine. Those are the same muscles that you use to Kegel. So you pull up. So you pull up, let's say, from your stomach muscles as if you're holding in your stomach. So those are using your Kegel muscles. And the more you use them, the stronger they get. The stronger they get. The stronger you can, they get. Basically, you can test out your Kegel muscles all day long when you sit down. Like you can even develop a routine of where mm-hmm. every day around a certain amount of time, you're going to do a few, I don't know what you would call them, where you pull in. A few Kegels. Kegels. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the one thing that I know a lot of women are interested in, and it's not new, but I think it's becoming a little bit more acceptable. Squirting. Yes. Now, everyone is not a squirter, and it's okay if you're not. All women can't squirt? I don't believe so. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor, but That's I, don't, a bummer. I don't believe. Well, no, I thought I could learn. I thought I could learn. I'm not the, a squirter. That's okay, because the thing is, enjoy the orgasm. See, most of us who are control freaks are definitely not squirters. Okay. Because they're not fully present in the actual intercourse part of it. So Mm -hmm. they don't have like the little mini orgasms leading up to the big explosive one that allows you to squirt. That's me. (laughs) Those are the ones that usually have one big orgasm and they're done. Oh, man. So it's It's, because I'm a control freak? Well, let me flip it. It's not because you're a control freak. It's a combination of you're a control freak because you haven't had someone to just totally take your pleasure into their hands and play with it, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay. So I just need to find someone I can be a little bit more vulnerable with and get up out my head a little bit. Absolutely, because you can enjoy the little ones, meaning the little mini orgasms, 
as well as the big ones, because the big ones usually take us out. It's like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready to take a nap. But the little ones leading up to those are the fun ones that kind of slip up on you and you're ready to go again in like three minutes. Okay. And this is where I get confused, right? Because I am a big explosion girl and now I'm like, all right, I'm done and I'm about to go to sleep. But some women say they have multiple orgasms. So is that the difference between, because forgive me if I sound crazy here, but is there a difference between coming and having an orgasm? I've heard different people say different things. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. It's all in vocabulary. I tend not to say come, especially when I'm doing workshops. But in the bedroom, that's a different conversation. (laughs) It's one and the same. It's just some of us have multiple orgasms, whereas some of us only have the one big one. And what I found based on research is the reason why some of us only have the big one is because we have not had someone take us to the edge and leave us there lingering and bring us back, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So outside of getting out of our own head, is there anything else we can do to make Be sure? Multi-orgasmic? Yeah, come on now. Look, I'm trying to I'm trying to have multiple like everybody else. Your, your Kegel muscles will definitely help you with that. Because if you're using them during sex, it will tighten up and exercise those clitoral muscles that you need to have the orgasm with. So if you're contracting your Kegel muscles during positioning, yes, that'll definitely help you with the multiple orgasms. As well as, like I said, having a selfless lover because some of us, we don't have the little mini orgasms because they're not giving us enough foreplay during play or after play. Gotcha. And it's the foreplay for me, for sure. Like I love foreplay, right? So I have to have that part of sex for me to have an orgasm. Very rarely have I been able to like orgasm without some type of foreplay involved. And and now this for the men, the foreplay part of this is not as overwhelming as they tend to make it out to be. Foreplay starts in the morning where you leave like her a little note and say, babe, I just was thinking about you. Have a great day. It's sending her flowers or it's coming home and the chores are done so that she has more time to be sexy. It's laying out some clothes, telling her to be dressed by this time. It's all of those things that's part of the foreplay because We all know that we're overwhelmed. We work a full-time job. We're moms. We're taking care of kids. And then you want us to take care of you too. And the house is still dirty. Well, I can be sexier for you if the house is clean. I could be sexier for you if dinner is already prepared when I'm home or, you know, when I put the kids to bed. It's that twofold partnership. And all of that, believe it or not, is foreplay. That was perfectly stated. That's one of the challenges I think with married women. I'm not married, so I can't be for sure, but I think a lot of times they're tired, right? Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. You're tired, then your sex life might not be as great as if you were more relaxed. And for those women, unfortunately, some of that is our fault as well mm-hmm. because most men are fixers. And most of us as women, we have the mentality of, he's not going to do it the way I want him to do it, so forget it, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. And that's adding extra work to her workload. Whereas if you say, babe, can you take out the garbage? And he's just kind of standing there. Okay, so the garbage didn't get taken out that day. But if you're standing there holding the bag naked, babe, can you take out the garbage? Guess what? The garbage he's is going to get taken out. Yeah, he's running that garbage out. <laughs> Absolutely. So it has to be where it's a benefit for all. And that's a bit extreme to say something like that, but that's kind of what it is. If you want him to do something, babe, can you do such and such, such on Wednesday at three o'clock? Okay, this is Monday. So you are aware that on Tuesday, you're going to have to remind him, babe, don't forget I need you to do such such on Wednesday by three o'clock. And then the morning of, send him a text message. Hey, babe, I need you to do such 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 by Wednesday at three o'clock. Does that sound like it's a lot? Yes. But is that what may be needed in your relationship to get the things done that you need to get done? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it takes the frustration away, which leaves you room to be sexy and it leaves you room to have sex. (laughs) One of my girlfriends, she creates a to-do list for her guy. Mm-hmm. So, and she said, you know, before, like telling him it just didn't work, but she would just every week give him a to-do list of the things that she needed help with around the house mm-hmm. and he would get it done and things would just be easier that way. So I definitely can see that how there are things that we can do to make it easier for the guys us. to help around the home. And easier for us as women, because a lot of times, like I said, we take on these responsibilities that were never really kind of supposed to be ours. You know, it's like if you just ask for help, you'll get it. So there's that part 
that I think couples can just kind of say, you know, what do you need? And again, these are things that you can have conversations about over dinner. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. How do you suggest women have the conversation of, I'm not coming, like, I need better sex. We need to change this. How do women who are already in relationships or marriages have this conversation in a way that's not going to hurt their man's ego? Of course, you and I know that's a big thing because once their ego is destroyed, it affects a lot, specifically their sex life. So how can we have this conversation with men? Again, I hate to say it like this, but go back to preschool. You know how you talk to your kids. You start with the benefit. You start with the bonus. I really love it when you kiss my neck, but I would really, really love it if you did X, Y, and Z too, because that really gets me riled up. Now he's like, oh, that gets you riled up, huh? Let me do X, Y, and Z. But you always start with what he does well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't want to start with a negative. You always want to start with what they do well. And then you add, what is it, baby, that I can do for you, to you, and with you to you know, enhance what we have? Like, how can I please you better? And you just have a conversation about how can I please you? Okay. And I like your scavenger. What do you call it? A scavenger hunt? Scavenger hunt. <laughs> yes. I love that because, you know what? Like, there are some women who we've made sex so taboo for women for so long that oh, a lot wow. of women haven't even explored their own bodies to mm-hmm. know what they're turned on by. And then a lot of cases... What they do see is if they even go this far, they see porn, which is not always realistic. Absolutely. For a woman who is still learning and exploring her own body because she's been, you know, sexually oppressed or I shouldn't say oppressed, but she's basically been not really exploring herself sexually. How can she know or identify what works for her so that she can communicate that to her partner? Well, it's funny that you asked because I have a workshop coming up in the fall that is all about the female feminine energy. Oh my God. Okay, cool. And becoming okay with your sensuality. Because sensuality to me is a state of mind. It's not necessarily a thing per se. It's a state of mind. So the first thing I have women to do is to become comfortable with themselves naked, flaws and all. Mm. So that's going to require some mirror work. So literally, you're just standing there looking at yourself in the mirror, but then after a couple of days, because you have to do this every day, <laughs> but after a couple of days, I have you putting on your lotion and I have you caressing your curves and caressing your skin and finding the things that you love about you. It can be my big toe is beautiful. It could be I like this dimple in my right butt cheek. Whatever it is that you're discovering, because most of us don't know what we fully look like naked. Mm. We can't identify the lumps or rolls. We can't identify the moles because literally we just throw in our lotion, put on our clothes and go. Well, wow, that's crazy. I'm one of those that like, it takes me a while to get dressed and not because I'm putting on a bunch of makeup, but I'm literally in the mirror. But I have to use oils too every day because my skin's kind of dry. So yeah. I'm but, but are you... in the mirror, like exploring my whole body, yeah. enjoying my body. Yes, yeah. all of that. And then I want you to caress your breasts because a lot of times we simply don't know what we like because we've never taken the time to explore. So one of the other things that I have women to do, so let's say they spent a week during this exercise where I have them caressing themselves with the oils and lotions and looking at themselves and of course, giving them affirmations about what do you love about you? You know, what do you love about your curves? What oils have you really liked that you found pair well with your scent, your pheromone scent? This is all part of the curriculum. It's like, okay, wow, I actually have homework. One second. Please tell us about the pheromone scent because recently I met someone, non-romantic, but he was like really big into the pheromones and like, I'm not as knowledgeable about that. So I definitely want to learn about that too, but sorry to interrupt. I just want to make that point there. That's okay. We'll come back to it as soon as I'm done making this point because you know, I'll forget mine. The other thing is I have her to take like a full photo shoot of just her vagina. Now, these pictures don't have to go anywhere. They are for her. They are just for her. What? Okay. Why? Because most of us have never seen it. Yeah. You know what else helps? Having a mirror. I have a mirror in my bathroom. I check my girl because again, like you said, you have to know your body too. So the photos I think is an amazing idea. Also having a mirror that you can just put between your legs so that you can see what you are giving to your partner. Yes, absolutely. And the purpose of the pictures as opposed to the mirror is I want you to marvel at it. Mm. I want you to see what it looks like from different angles. I want you to pay attention to your lips 
because they don't look like anyone else's. I want you to pay attention to how your clitoris sits up. Again, things that we've never paid attention to because no one told us it was okay. I want you to fall in love with your vagina. Wow. Because when you marvel at how beautiful it is, hopefully by the fifth shot, you notice that it's a little wet down there because you're enjoying this moment. Mm -hmm. But then once you are marveling at it, it gives you a different appreciation for it. And it makes you force him to have an appreciation for it as well. Wow. And I think that just plays a role. Like, that's why the whole lights off is an issue for a lot of women. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't even see the beauty in our own bodies. Carol, listen, I'm talking lights on. Let me set up this video camera real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't with the videos yet because I'm always concerned that somebody's got a a video is going to leak or something like that. I wouldn't suggest doing this with someone, of course, that you don't feel safe with. But it's a great add on to when you want to watch porn, you can watch you. Mm, Okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, now your pheromones. So everyone's into the whole seafood thing. So I'll start with that so that this will help you understand what pheromones are. So everyone's into this whole seafood thing and they're eating the butter and the this and the that and they're not drinking water. Mm -hmm. So what pheromones is, is what you put in comes out. It comes out in your pores. It comes out in your taste. It comes out in your aura. And the other way I can explain this is if you wear a sundress in the summertime, which is where we are and you don't wear any underwear, and your own scent comes up on you. And it's a scent that comes from like the sweat, the skin, the secretions. It's all of that. And if you smell seafood, then you need to do something different with what you're eating. (laughs) Do you understand what I mean? Because that's what pheromones are. So you're saying it shouldn't smell fishy? It shouldn't smell like anything other than like something musky Mm -hmm. with a slight twang to it. That's the best way I can explain it. And again, if every woman just goes, I think they have no panty Thursdays. If you just go free with no panties on on a Thursday and you have on a sundress and most people that wear sundresses will be able to relate to what I'm about to say. You know how it gets hot down there and you take the sundress and you fan it? I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So your own scent will come back and go, mm. and the only way you'll know what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about pheromones, is if you do that and you go, mm, because you smell it. It's not something that smells bad. It's just go, mm. If you are in tune with your feminine energy, which mm-hmm. is where I want every woman to be, you'll be slightly aroused. Wow. It's crazy because I also am working on some feminine energy stuff, but in a different direction. You're more so on the intimacy part. So we got to maybe partner on that because absolutely, I definitely love this. And I think we should learn more about pheromones. From the friend that I was talking to, he was saying how some pheromones I guess he agrees with more, like he's more attracted to than others. Mm-hmm. Because it has to do with your vibe too. I heard this one woman says, if you have musty energy, then you may have musty pheromones. And that is the wow. best way I can explain it. Like if you are angry all the time, if you are stressed all the time, if you are carrying baggage all the time, you may not have amazing juju if you will. And we've all heard the saying about Erica Badu, that woman has amazing pheromones. I mean, it sold out. <laughs> she sold the smell of her pussy, basically. Yeah. So somebody likes it. It definitely has everything to do with what you put in your body and what comes out. Everything from eating strawberries to pineapples to pomegranate seeds, all of that comes out of your body. So if you are constantly, like I said, eating nothing but seafood, you're not eating any vegetables, you're not drinking any water. What do you think you're going to taste like? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. What okay. do you think your pheromones are going to secrete? It's good that you brought up like the strawberries, the pineapples, because I love pineapples in general, right? But I remember, you know, I was dating this guy and I was with one of my friends and I was about to go see him. And she was like, I got some pineapples. You want some? And it's kind of funny that I did eat the pineapples at the time. But like, how long does it normally take, would you say, for it to actually come out of your body? Do you need to eat them a couple of days before or does it need to be consistent? Because I've been told, I don't date women, so I don't know, but I've been told that if you're eating pineapples, then men can taste it when they are pleasing you, you know, with their mouth, right? So... How often would you say women want to do this? Like how often should they eat these types of fruits? How soon before they're together? Is there any information around that yet? 
Yes, absolutely. So when you're talking about what you put in is what comes out in every workshop, I tell this, and this is not just for women, this is also for men. So when you're talking any type of oral, if you want things to be sweeter and taste sweeter down there, then you need to make sure you're drinking plenty of water. You need to make sure you're eating plenty of fruits and that's all kinds of fruits. You know, some fruits are more citrusy than others. But if you are wanting to taste sweeter, you want to do things like mango, papaya, pineapples, like your passion fruits, if you will, because they're less acidic. So that's going to come out in your taste. The same thing with men. If he wants to be sweeter down there, one, I recommend that he shaves because that takes away the musk and the hairballs. But if he shaves down there and he looks bigger and then you add the things like the water and the fruit juices, then he tastes sweeter as well. That's for men and women. Got it. Okay. Um, what I will say is if you know that you want to partake in things like that, then you want to make sure that you're staying away from your dark green leafy vegetables. So things like asparagus, collard greens and things like that, those have a bite to it, a bitter taste. So that's going to come across in your tastings down there. So you just want to make sure you're drinking plenty oh, of water no. to flush that out. I need my green leafy vegetables for my digestive system. (laughs) No, that's fine. Just make sure you're flushing it with a lot of water. With a lot of water. The key to all of this is water and then the fruits and vegetables are kind of like your desserts, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. So have you seen the Cardi B and Megan Stallion video, WAP, that people will not stop talking about? Have you seen it yet? Yes and yes. Okay. First question is, what are your thoughts? So you have to understand I'm a seasoned woman. That's what I'm calling myself now. I'm a seasoned woman. So this particular series of women being women, I have no problem with it whatsoever. You know, that expression, a lady in the streets, a freak in the sheets. Yes. All this is, is the freak is just taking full on, let me show you who I am. Ownership. Ownership. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's no different than Betty Wright. That's no different than Janet Jackson. That's no different than, you know, so many of these other people, even salt and pepper. Yeah. You know, all they're doing is owning their stuff. Now, is it a time and a place for everything? Absolutely. But we also live in a time where let your freedom ring, whatever freedom is for you. So I don't have a problem with it. Is it for kids? Absolutely not. But I will say on the back end of that, knowing what I know about sex, love and intimacy, I do think it's a bit of a setup. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think it's a setup? It's a setup because not every woman will be WAP. Not every woman will have a WAP because because here's the thing. They have these WAPs because their men are doing the things necessary to bring out the wetness in them. That was going to be my next question. The WAP, from my understanding and my experience, it really just how... WAP you are really Mm -hmm. depends on how pleased you are. If it's it's a healthy vagina, right? If it's a healthy vagina, Mm -hmm. then no pleasure, no WAP. And I'm going to add your diet plays a lot into your WAP. Really? Absolutely. If you are eating all meat, no vegetables, no fruits, not drinking water, you're drinking Kool-Aid or you're drinking beer, you're drinking champagne or you're drinking wine, all these things. It's like, okay, where's the flushing? The flushing comes with the WAP, which if you take it back to even when you have your cycle, it's a flushing process. So the WAP part of this whole conversation is one, a flushing and two, what has everything to do with diet, exercise and a healthy vagina. And not everybody's going to run around here with one of those. Not everybody's running around here with one of those because he doesn't have the foreplay. Like, you can't tell me you're wet and you got bills up the wazoo and you stressed out with life and he come home talking about, let's do it. No, that's not wet. And let me also add, it's a lot of people out here. That's what I mean by it's a setup. It's a lot of people out here that are going to have a WAP experience, but it's from something else going on with their vagina, if I could say it like that. Oh, no. So, You mean like some type of like infection or something like that? Bacteria, vaginosis, all of that that stuff. Okay. Well, I hope the ladies are being intentional about taking care of themselves and and also are familiar with their vagina enough to know when something's off, just like you would be with any other part of your body, ideally. 
how much water we need to drink though? Because you know, every girl wants a wop. So how much water do we need to drink? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that I would lean towards like your nutritionist or a quick Google search because I think it has to do with like weight and I could be wrong with that. But all I will say is for every time you drink something else, you need to drink some water. I don't know the specifics, but I know some people don't like the taste of water. So they're not drinking water at all. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And they ain't got no wop either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They probably ain't got no wop. You said you're a seasoned woman. And I was going to ask you this question because this has been my experience. And I remember a colleague years ago when I was like in my 20s, she was like in her early to mid 30s. And she was like, Jazz, girl, like when you get in your 30s, mid 30s, early 30s, it's going to change where you're just going to find yourself driving in the car one day. And then all of a sudden your body is like, you turned on, you wet, like you rub across the seat a little bit or sitting down or you walking and you're easily turned on or you find yourself just getting wet for no reason. Like you don't have to do as much. And so that actually was my experience where sometimes I can be driving in the car and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What was that? You know, I didn't have to put any effort for that. Do you find that women's sexuality or women become more in tune or desire sex more as they get older? I call that the awakening. Oh, okay. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. So (laughs) women have like anywhere from two to four sexual primes. Wait, Uh, two to four. Can you tell us what those are? Two to four times in their lives where they're really in tune with their body, their orgasms, their sexuality, and they want it. Like, as my mother would say, you're hiding a tail. And it happens at different times in our lives where our hormones go through some type of shift or change. And that's usually around 30, 40, 50, and 60. What? Okay, so it's just getting better. Yes, yes. That's why you see older women dating younger men and younger women dating older men. Sometimes. Huh. Because her sex drive is a little bit chill. And because men's sex drive kind of drops for the most part when they get older, right? Yes. It's so interesting how that setup is. It's like women are becoming more sexually aroused as we get older and men are doing the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. They're playing catch up. You know, it's crazy, but that's what they're doing. They're playing catch up. But yeah, and what I will tell every woman is try waxing, even if you only do it once. Because there's something amazing and liberating about that experience. Girl, yes, um, it is. Yes, it is. You stand in there and the fan blows and you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and that's part of the awakening. It's like being okay with every aspect. I'm talking lumps and rolls. And it was so funny. I remember when I was going to get waist beads and the lady was like, well, are you looking to get these to lose weight? I was like, no, honey, I want some jewelry around my waist and I want to be sexy. I said, all I need you to tell me is should I put it over the roll or under the roll? <laughs> because I'm okay with my roles. Yeah. And yeah. most men are too. Like we will obsess over some of the stuff and for them, like they, they just, love it. They just happy to see you naked. Yes. And once you become aware, which is part of that awakening. It's part of that feminine energy. Once you become completely okay with looking at you in the mirror of flaws and all, you have no problem getting naked. Now, we have a whole surge of women that are in this vein of, I want to show it all and I want to share it all, but that doesn't mean that they're comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of people that are pretending. Okay. Just for the trend, right? Because every for the trend, for the gram. Yeah. Same way men all act like they have the most amazing sex because I've heard multiple men say that every woman they've slept with had an orgasm. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, half of those women are faking. More than Mm -hmm. half of them are faking the orgasm. Absolutely. It's interesting that I mean, because I don't date women again, so I don't know, but you would think that they would be able to tell the difference because like an orgasm releases fluid. Well, Again, with any type of massaging and friction, there's going to be some fluid, just not that type of fluid. So she'll get wet. She just may not have the gush of wetness. And most men, to be honest, unless they're intuitive and unless they're selfless, they're not caring or paying attention. Most of the time, they don't know the difference between that wetness or any other wetness. And that is the best way I can explain it. Like if a woman has, say for instance, her pH is off because you all didn't use a condom or whatever reason the pH is off, whatever the reason. 
and she uh-huh. gets some type of bacteria in her vagina. That's going to create a scent. Now, if she sleeps with him again, he's going to notice the scent, but he's not going to notice enough to say, okay, well, what's happening here? Do you understand what I mean? They're not in tune because they don't have to be. But that's where I say go back to the woman where if she is completely in love with her (laughs) hoo-ha from inside and out, then she'll have a different appreciation for it. And that will in turn make him have an appreciation for it. So one of the other things that I say in the scavenger hunt is to make him feel the inside of your vagina for two reasons. One, so that he knows how to bring you to full orgasm with his fingers, besides just that rubbing really hard on your clitoris, because every woman hates that. Let me just say it again for the people that are going to be replaying this. Every woman hates that. But if she shows him in the scavenger hunt how Mm -hmm. she likes to be touched on the inside, he too will have a different appreciation for it. And he will feel something different than he does not feel with his penis. Man, that's amazing information right there. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, here it is, 2020. People have been having sex all these hundreds and thousands of years and women still are not having an orgasm because we're not having these conversations and we're not being honest. Absolutely. And once she starts having them, she will never go back to faking them ever again. Because I know women that have kids, like whole babies, and have never had an orgasm. I know something like that too. Never had an orgasm. And matter of fact, one of the other studies I saw showed that 58% of women have faked an orgasm at some point in their life for reasons all over the place. So 57% said they faked because they wanted their partner to feel successful. 44% said they wanted the sex to end. And then 37% said they liked their partner and didn't want them to feel bad. So Mm -hmm. women are really out here faking orgasms and most aren't really having orgasms consistently. Is it a realistic expectation to orgasm every time you have sex? Is that realistic? It depends on what you're going for. Like what I want women to take away from a feminine energy class or from this particular podcast is that it goes back to the pleasure. And what's your pleasure? It's not always about the orgasm. It's about the pleasure that comes with it. It's about the relaxation. And that's where we get into things like Tantra. Where, tell us more. <laughs> tell us more because now I, know, I don't know anything about this. So please tell us more. Tantra is all about the awareness and the awakening of pleasure. Not necessarily the full-on orgasm, but it's awakening areas that you wouldn't ordinarily think to touch or that would be pleasurable. You know what I mean? Because there's like a lingam massage and a yoni massage. So that's where you're massaging each other's parts, but not necessarily bringing it to full orgasm, but just for the pleasure, just for the sensation, just for the, oh, wow, this is really relaxing because it can be relaxing. So it depends on what you're going for in terms of your pleasure as to whether or not you really need to have an orgasm. Sometimes you just need the feel and the encounter and the intimacy of the it. Intimacy, yeah. Yes. And you can finish later. And then that maybe gives you something to look forward to because you didn't finish. So it's so many different variations of what pleasure is and what that looks like. But it starts with knowing what your pleasure is and and what you like. And that's why I think couples should have these conversations even before having sex. Like I'm a big advocate of asking now that I am older and now that I've been out in the world and done all these panels, it's like, okay, well, what's your kink? Mm -hmm. Because If he likes oral and you don't do oral, then the realistic part of that is going to be at some point, if you don't do oral and you know that he loves it. Y'all incompatible. Yes. And at some point he's going to go out and seek the pleasure that he desires. Like people can only repress their pleasure for so long. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have these conversations. To find out if the person is willing to do the things that you need to have done in order to please you sexually and intimately. So here's the other part on top of that, because, you know, I think I do a decent job of having a conversation with the person that I'm with. There has been a case to where the response was like a little bit more than I was expecting, right? Because some people really freak you out here, right? Like, yes, yes, And I'm, yes, I'm not yes, against yes. anybody's, you know, however they do what they do, as long as they don't harm other people. But I think sometimes men or even women might hold back what they're really turned on by because they're afraid of being judged. How do you suggest we have this conversation so that our partners are feeling comfortable to be vulnerable with us so that we can really 
have these real conversations and whatever that person desires, they can be honest about it. Doesn't mean the partner has to agree, but at least we've created a space for them to be vulnerable and honest about what they desire sexually. I would say it's exactly what you just said, creating a space to be vulnerable and trust. Because a lot of times we say we trust a person, but then we throw the vulnerabilities back in their face. So you have to be able to have that trust and you have to be able to have that conversation about I like X, Y, and Z and not have you throw that back in my face. Because that doesn't mean that I can't be this way with you, but you asked, what did I like? And also when we get mad at them, we can't be like, yo, yes, nasty. Yes, yes, you cannot. Because yeah. now you're putting a lock on something that shouldn't be there when it's someone you're planning on spending the rest of your life with. It may yep. not be something that you're into, but it's also, are you open to having this awaken as well? Those are the conversations for real. When you talk about the longevity of a relationship, when you talk about long lasting relationships, just like you all are discussing credit scores. You need to discuss what do you like in bed and how do you like it? And let's take it out of the bedroom. How often do you want me to cook? Mm. How often yeah. are you going to cook? Yeah. Compatibility. What to, all together. Yes. Overall. Yes. Yeah. And we're talking across the board compatibility. Like what religion do you practice? Mm-hmm. And we're not having these conversations. We're, you know, and I say this all the time at every workshop, we rush to date, we rush to have sex and rush to fall in love only to realize we don't like the person. Yeah. We either aren't asking the questions or when we do ask the questions, people aren't comfortable being honest. Absolutely. And at this point, as a seasoned woman, I'm going to be honest because I need to weed out if you're going to be there for this or not. Yeah. And I think women tend to not want to be alone, so they avoid those questions. But my thing is, and I learned this from Vince Adams a long time ago, people are only a certain percentage of what you require or want them to be in a relationship. If you go ahead and ask what you want to know, in the beginning, then that kind of weeds out all that pretentious crap that we tend to get involved in. Why are we pretending to date liking each other? We're really not satisfying each other. So now you look up and you've wasted your time. I just told my daughters and their friends, if you are with someone and they are not giving you at least some of what you want, at least some of the time, then they're wasting your time. Because if you think about men in relationships, they don't deviate from what they're asking from you. They do not. And you, you know what men also don't do? They do not put up with things they don't want. No. Like men will walk away the moment you become the person they do not want. They will walk away. Whereas yes. women will come up with reason after reason after reason to stay. Yep. And part of that femininity class, I want you to be okay with choosing you first. Radical self-love. That's a really good point from Vince Adams. I think what I like to tell my clients and people that I work with is... You're not for everyone. And a lot of times we try and like put ourselves in this box to fit, you know, whoever is in front of us at the time versus like just being your whole and full self and keeping it moving until you meet someone that you're compatible with instead of trying to, you know, shift and shape and change and do all of this to match whoever is in front of you right now. And try on the approach that men do. Men know that there are options out there. They know that they've got options. And so they will date, be in a situationships for long periods of time until they meet the woman they want to be with long term. Absolutely. And, and then, then you look up and you think deal. that it was abrupt, but it really wasn't abrupt. It was just you were feeling this particular need. This person feels these particular needs and I want to go with these particular needs. And it's funny that that's the reality of it. That's why I'm like, ladies, listen, if you don't leave this podcast with anything else, Leave with you in charge of what you ultimately want from a thing, a person, a place, whatever. You have more power than what lies between your thighs, but you have even more power once you realize what lies between your thighs. That was perfect. I absolutely love it. Last question, because I know I've held you so long today, so I appreciate you being here. Any sex toys that you suggest for women who are just getting started out in the sex toy world? I always tell women to start out small. That's usually a bullet. Yes. I had a bullet once. I'm kind of vanilla with the sex toys a little bit, (laughs) but I have had a bullet. It's your hardest working tool or item. It can be used for outer and inner. And if you want to incorporate him into this toy, then you just put it underneath your chin while you're giving him oral. It gives it a nice humming sensation that he will enjoy. You can also put it underneath his testicles while you're riding him. 
you know, there's a couple of different ways that you can incorporate this lovely little inexpensive item while you're having fun and pleasure. It knocks the edge off. My recommendation is that you get one that is quiet, bulletproof, and USB powered. Because I'm a firm believer once we are able to go back in the world and we're back at work, there's no reason why you should have a stressful day. If you have 20 floors in your building and you work on nine, please go to floor 19 in the bathroom and take three minutes out of your day to decompress and (laughs) de-stress. And then once you're ready. Pause. Wait, you say when you at work, (laughs) take a break up on the 19th floor and go please yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever done that. I mean, I've been in entrepreneurship for a while and haven't been in an actual office in probably 10 years, but I don't know if I've ever done something like that at work. I have done that at friends' houses before though. (laughs) Yeah, just make sure it's somewhere where they don't have cameras. And most of the time they don't have cameras in the bathroom. bathroom. Two minutes, you've knocked the edge off. You can go back to work and tackle the rest of your day. Yep. And if you have a partner, you can tell him about it and and tell him you're thinking of him and and y'all preparing for later on that night. Absolutely. That's my number one go-to because it's universal and it could be used for so many different reasons. And then once you're upgrading, then you can look at some other pleasure things that are fun and exciting. When you're talking about the Kegel muscles, you can also use that toy for that. There are also weighted Kegel exercises or Kegel toys that you can use that you actually have to exercise with and keep it in because it's weighted on the other end. And then another fun toy that I love with couples is actually two. It's one called the Jive or the WeVive. That's where he can control it from an app from his phone. Yes, I heard of that one. I don't know, yes. I, that, but you have to kind of just have it inside you at all times or something like that, right? How does that yes. work? Yes, yes. And right. that's fine because you're using your Kegel muscles while it's there. And then he turns it on. It's like, oh, okay, what you want me to do with this? Surprise. Yes. <laughs> and what's cool about that one is he can come in with that one. Oh. Yes. So there's that play. And then there's also the vibrating panties, which I absolutely love. The vibrating panties is great for when you're doing dinner with friends or you're around family. Because he has the remote and he can turn it on at any given time. And you have to have complete composure while you're having an orgasm. It's the most amazing thing ever. Now that is dope. I like the idea of him having control and surprising you in random moments. Absolutely. I, I definitely love that. Part of the taboo part of all of this is a lot of the men get the feeling. And there are a lot of the men get the feeling that there's nothing for them. And there are a ton of things for them. It's just how open are you to trying those things with your partner? So when I'm doing workshops and I'm talking about toys, I'm definitely going to incorporate how you can use them together because I don't ever want a toy to replace your mate. So I'm always talking about how you can have fun with this together, how you can have, you know, exciting moments. Look, right now, stripping is really popular. Okay, tell him to come home with some $5 bills. You put on your whole outfit and like I said, you have a WAP song that'll tell you what to do. You have (laughs) Janet Jackson that'll tell you what to do. Exactly. Either one of those songs. And now everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I'll leave you with men are visual, but women can be just as visual once they become completely and unapologetically okay with their body and what it is that they have to offer and their power. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of women probably should take your workshop so that they can become more comfortable and with their own feminine energy and intimacy so that they can be the sex partner that more than likely they man already want anyway, <laughs> you know. So. Oh, and just and just enjoy themselves better because a lot of us have hangups with, well, I don't want to ride on top because I don't have the rhythm. Well, have you tried? And if that person doesn't make you feel comfortable enough to be on top, then you just tend to concede like, okay, why well, I'm just better on the bottom. No, honey, get up there and do what you got to do. Put that song in your mat and have a ball. But again, we're not taught levels of comfort in things like that. So once I can get you comfortable with who you are and whose you are and what you're working with. Sky's the yes. limit. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Yanni. So much information. Ladies, you got to remember the scavenger hunt. So I love that idea, you know, exploring what you like with your partner. So that's dope. I know they can learn more about that from you. I love what you said, the information you gave us about the positions that work, whether you're simulated from your G-spot or you clit, 
And then lastly, you gave us some information about toys. But what the ladies really need to know after this is how they can find even more information about your workshops, your book, and the toys that you sell on your site. So please let us know how we can find even more information because there are too many women faking it. <laughs> you yes, know? So yes. We need to stop faking it. Like this is time for women to be sexually pleased as much and as often as men because we're in the process too. So how can we learn more, Yanni? You can go visit me at yannibrown.com or you can follow me on all of my social media platforms at M-A-K-I-N-G-L-O-V-E-B-E-T-T-R. And that's Making Love Better. I share a lot of information there, a lot of wisdom there, but you can also book me, especially now for your own virtual private session. And we can get down to the grid of it all. I have one workshop called the Bedroom Audit, and that's where we discuss what's happening in your bedroom and how to get the most out of that. And it could be something as simple as cleaning up your room, (laughs) things like that. Wow. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. We about to do better with our sex lives. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Miss Yanni Brown. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Dating Done Right with Jazz. Please make sure that you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to make sure you're receiving future episodes. And also for my single ladies who are sick and tired of meeting men that just can't match up to your level, make sure you go get the free training at attractandalpha.com to see how you can attract men who will match your ambition, who will match your intelligence and match your loyalty at attractanalpha.com. All right, guys, talk to you next time.